You are now listening to The Sooner Surge with Brody. Freaking concrete feet! Jason. Four years! Jackson. What the heck is going on in Norman, Oklahoma? Jeremy. What on earth are we doing? And Traver. Why can't we teach your corners how to look for the ball? All right, welcome back to the Sooner Surge. I am joined by Jackson tonight as we will preview the Sooners game versus Iowa State coming off of the bye week. And uh, felt like the Sooners were a little banged up as of late. But coming mm-hmm. off of a bye week, getting uh, some more rest. Jackson, how do you think injury-wise we're going to be tomorrow? Well, all I can say is I think the bye week came at about the perfect time. You know, because this team was mentally and physically tired. You could see it out on the field. Especially, you could see it a lot more in the defense. They looked like they lost some – it really looked like after week three, obviously they didn't, didn't do a lot of things right anyway. But it looked like they had lost some steps in them. They looked tired. They looked slower. But, you know, I think this bye week came at really an awesome time. And I – I mean, there's been a lot of guys banged up. Like, obviously, Damon Harmon, Billy Bowman, Ethan Downs are the the three main guys that come to mind, really. Yep. I mean, you know, will Billy Bowman be back tomorrow? He's been practicing over the last two weeks, as we've heard. He's been going full speed, been able to take contact. I heard he's like 80-85%, so we'll see. But whenever, like, when he he was playing, our defense was a much different defense. Uh I mean, he's the best player on our defense, and I don't think it's really close right now. But, you know, I look at this, like, if a guy like Damon Harmon comes back, how much can he actually contribute? So, you know, I mean, it's like he's been banged up and hurt. And I really think – I mean, because – I don't – I mean, you don't think he would play, do you? Well, I mean, the thing with that whole situation with both of them, they're both safeties, obviously. Mm-hmm. I I do not think either of them is 100%, but I, I've been no. high on Damon Harmon. I probably think he'd play. However, my prediction right now is that nor him or Billy Bowman play. And okay. that's because is it really worth playing 80% Billy Bowman? Like, I mean, I mean if, yeah. if you feel he is that vital to your team, then, I mean, yeah, I think maybe it is worth playing him. But part of me is like, you know, this is what this is one of the cornerstones, key pieces of our defense. So I don't know if it's worth him getting even more banged up. I definitely think if he does play, you will not see him on kick return. No, I can, I can agree with that. I mean – Obviously, like, I know I've heard a lot of people say, like, um, on the OU Insider VIP live stream on Wednesday night, as they stated, they both expect Billy Bowman to play and they expect Damon Harmon to not. But, you know, I don't, like, I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't see the point of playing either of them because this, I mean, I guess we can really get started on Iowa State. Like, this offense is not a very good offense. Yeah, it, it's the worst offense in the Big 12, in my humble opinion. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. But, I mean, 
again. But they do have de- debatably the best player in the Big 12 and Xavier Hutchinson. Hutchinson? Yeah. So, there, I mean, there's that. Um, and playing in Ames is never going to be easy, ever. So, I mean, but the thing with Billy Bowman is I think if you can somehow create pressure against Iowa State, it is less vital to have Billy Bowman. However, if your defensive line is going to play like how they have in the past couple of weeks, all of a sudden you might need need a really good safety back there. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. you hit on it. Ethan Downs wasn't 100%. I think mm-hmm. that helps him. But another guy this helps is R. Mason Thomas. I don't think he ever got mm-hmm. 100%. No. Like, versus Kansas, there was – he honestly probably should have had four sacks. Yeah. He was that close. He was fingertips away from getting sacked several times. I mean, just like the defensive line. I mean, they've been the difference between our defense playing good good and bad through the first three weeks. Yeah. And they were playing terrific ball. And really, whenever they started to struggle, the defense played bad. And versus Kansas, they played much better, especially in the run game. And it helped the defense out some, especially because they were able to get consecutive stops at points in the game. Yeah, uh, the D-line, I think that goes hand-in-hand with what, we, what you said at the beginning where, I mean, Venables has said it many times, they just look tired. I think we've been saying it too. They look tired. Mm-hmm. So that excuse, there, that excuse, we can't come out here tomorrow night and make that as an excuse. If they mm-hmm. that. I mean, there is no excuse to have another game of one sack. I, you got to get pressure, but I, part of it I get it because Max Duggan, Quinn Ewers, I mean, those guys were getting the ball out quick. So it is hard to get sacks. But you're playing Hunter Deckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just like whenever I view this Iowa State matchup, it's good versus good and bad versus bad in our defense versus our offense. And I think that if our defense can take away Xavier Hutchinson, they're going to be just fine because they don't have Charlie Kohler anymore. They don't have their yep. – who was their other t- tight end? I don't know. Allen, they had, wasn't that his last they name? They had a dude with long hair. I wonder yeah. if it was King or something, but that's not right. Hmm. But they had a dude yeah. with long hair, but you you said Xavier Hutchinson. That is the key. I hmm. You think it's Woody Washington in that matchup? You know, I don't – because, like, the more and more I think about it, is Kanai Walker yeah. finally healthy? Yep. Because and he he hasn't played much because injuries. that's the guy I'm going to roll out there to start the game on him is Kanai Walker. And I'm going to keep if he's Woody healthy. back at safety. If he's healthy, I wouldn't mind Kanai and Woody at, say, at, at corner if you feel good about mm-hmm. where your safeties are. Because Key Lawrence looked pretty good in Kansas. If he can keep playing that ball, mm-hmm. I think we might be fine at safety. But you said it. Kenai Walker, he was a guy who was hurt, and I've been – we both – you and I have both been all in on Kenai Walker. Look, mm-hmm. I think next year, that is your – you can point at that guy, say lockdown talent, and I think he has legit potential to be a first-round. He hasn't even played that much. But Mm-mm. I would love to see him out there. But I, I do believe we're going to get more and more of C.J. Colden just based on that guy makes plays. And – He's a very, as Ted Roof would say, salty vet. You got to have those mm-hmm. in yeah. tough environments. Those are the type of guys you need. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. Like CJ Colton is a guy who he's been the best cornerback over the last couple weeks. Obviously, I like agree. the the like the 
interception saying that, but when you watch him play in pass coverage, he's been in the right spots. Like he, he's, he's a veteran. good ball. He's a veteran. And and we can make the excuses like with the guy like I don't know, but we've been talking all about well the old staff with all these guys, you know what I'm saying? You can't do that with the guy who transfers in. We we can't make those same excuses with him. But I think it's shown that hey, he's played a lot of ball. And mm-hmm. he, he's been a very good corner. And I don't we didn't see too much of him, but with DJ Graham moving across the side of the ball to receiver, I think it kind of frees it up more for him and a guy like Kenai Walker to get more time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I mean, I agree. I think p- part of the reason DJ Graham moved to wide receiver yep. was was because of the how much guys are in the corner room, and plus they think he has a high, higher ceiling at, at wide receiver too. And and which is what we heard. Didn't I don't know if it was Venables or Lebby, and I'm not too certain on this, but I'm pretty sure that I heard one of them say. He actually wanted to play receiver. Yep, that but, was Brand Venables. But the old staff had him to try yeah. out DB. Yeah, and then uh, his dad also came on with the new staff whenever they were here, and he told him that he wanted to he wanted his son to be moved to wide receiver. Yeah, and so I mean, we said there's corners in that room, like we we didn't even mention Gentry Williams' name. Mm-mm. Maybe Jaden Roseman corner. I mean, there's there's a lot of different guys, Kendall Dennis, but I mean. We talked about the Billy Bowman kick return. I don't think it would shock me if DJ Graham was playing kick return. I don't think we'll see him too much on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't even changed his number yet. He, that yeah. won't happen until the offseason. So, I mean, well, it's like the defense. If you had to – let's each give one defensive key to being to having it be a successful defensive day, and I'll start with you. Yeah, I I think there's two keys. Um, I'll say one of them, and then you'll probably get the next one. We've talked about them both. I'm going to just start with the secondary because Xavier Hutchinson, one of the best wide receivers in the Big 12. And in the country. And in the country. You can't let them throw all over you, and you cannot mm. – you cannot let this team, mm-hmm. Hunter Deckers, just absolutely mm-hmm. torch you. So, you, secondary, you got to play good. That's, yep. I think that's one of the keys. For me, it's just you need to create constant pressure all day yep. and make, make Hunter Deckers uncomfortable because he's he came in versus last year at a point, and he kept on getting rushed off the edges. And he, that was a play where he just threw, threw one up. Right to Delarian Turner Yell, I believe. Yeah, that I mean that he, So I mean he does not I don't know if he's the type of QB that can just beat you. But you know. but in my opinion, he has a much better arm than Brock <laughs> Purdy does. Yeah, and even though OU is four and three, I guarantee you Iowa State is still treating this like it's the Super Bowl. And, oh hey, and P and this is to all Oh, you fans that hear this. Iowa State is not a bad three and four team. Look at yeah. all the games they've lost, how they've been lost. They've been decided. I think it was Ted Roof or so, so, someone that said that, that their games have been decided by one or two plays. And, and that 
that goes in with it. They're not a bad team by any means, mm-hmm. but that uh, this Iowa State team might be the worst in the Big Twelve. It, I mean, you can make the argument for that because this is honestly the best I've seen depth wise. The Big Twelve, the Big Twelve, in, in in a while. And guys, not really to get into, uh, not really to get too in depth for next year, because I know that we will have a lot of time to do that, but. It's never. It's. I mean, it's not going to get easier with all these teams coming in, Mm-mm. and and so I think it's great that we're seeing good depth because right now, I can you tell me? Can you point at one game you think this team's going to win on the rest of the schedule? I mean, no, honestly. Like, yeah, exactly. That is like, a great. Thing it, because, it's like the we, the easiest probably if I had to point out one is at Texas Tech if it's not at night. Yeah. And that, in my opinion, is great to not have games where, because there have been times in the past where you're like, oh, Kansas, you know, oh, Texas Tech sometimes, you know, oh. Mm-hmm. It's like, that. that's an easy win. Like, we're going to win that game. At that point, at this point, there is none of that. And so I think that's great because that is that is helping, even though these teams are maybe not as good as the SEC teams. I don't know. It is helping you be prepared for there's not a week off. Every week is a tough game. Those types of things. And uh, how many games do we have left? Six, right? Mm, five. Five? Yeah, five. Five. So, before we – and I know we'll talk a little bit, a lot more about this this game tomorrow. But before we do, I just want to go through – and, I mean, we've said it before, but OU's next games, like – like I want to go through and do you think that OU wins these games for both of us? Okay. So we'll talk about tomorrow's game, so we'll skip that one. After this week, don't we have Baylor at home? Yep, it's Baylor, Baylor at home. I think that is a, a win, depending on the health of Billy Bowman. Yeah, and real quick, you know, I think what we're gonna have it. What we're gonna do is we'll make all these predictions right now. And then tomorrow night after the game, we can see if any of that changed. So you okay. said yes. I think it's yes, even though I think it, it has to be a tough game. But it's at home. I would say yes. And then after that, is it? At West, West Virginia. Virginia. Now, that is a tricky game. That's a tricky game. Because you know the weather up there. It's going to be cold. You don't know what you're going to get. And that environment is never an easy environment to play in. <laughs> Especially if it's a night game. Yeah. And you don't know what you're going to get with West Virginia Mm-mm. at all. Like, they're, they've shown flashes of being a great team, and they've shown flashes of being a not-so-good team. I mean, and then the next week you have Oklahoma State at home now. So what do you I, think with West Virginia real quick? I mean, I would say it's a win right now, but I need to see how we look next yeah, week. Yeah, I, I would say for now, yes. OSU – now, in my opinion, I think OSU. This, I'll say this for my picks later. Well, I mean, I guess I can go ahead and say it. I think OSU is going to pull a Texas. Look, I I think they're going to. Did you watch that really game last week? Fall. They got they got a little bit lucky. They got a little bit lucky. I didn't know yeah. Quinn Ewers was gonna was gonna play like that in the second half, but no, I mean. 35 points in the first half. Like, that may be just as bad as our defense. 
Yeah, they have the worst, like second, to, third to worst or second to worst pass defense in the country. I, I guarantee you, if you give them Davis Bevel in that same game, it is probably the same outcome as the OU game. And <clears throat> at home, is it going to be your last time playing Bedlam at home? Maybe. Maybe. So, I mean, I think I, I would go win right now. Yeah. But then again, a bad mm-hmm. performance tomorrow, and I'm sure we're both like, you're not winning that game. Yeah. It depends on the performance tomorrow to me, but I would say it's a win right now. And then at Texas Tech, if it's not at night, I think it's a win. But if it's at night, I think we lose. I'm on the same page. Donovan Smith, if he's playing, scares me. Well, they – they might have Tyler Shuck back if he's not out for the whole year. How, what's the deal? I haven't been paying attention. What's the deal with Donovan Smith? Is he out for the year? I don't know. I can look right now, but. No, I think he's back. I think, dude, their true freshman QB is a stud, though. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, back to tomorrow's game. We talked about the defense and what the keys were going to be on that side of the ball. Let's kind of talk about the offense now. Mm-hmm. One of the things, talking about the running game, with the, you know, last week, Javante Barnes 21 carries, Eric Gray 20, Marcus Major 0. That's a bit interesting, but could have been because of an injury. It could have. So, tomorrow's going to be telling to see just how much of a role Barnes has and just how much is a role Major has. Mm-hmm. Because we know Eric Gray is now the clear-cut number one guy. I mean, he's been legit. Yep, I agree. I mean, you know, it's like Eric, Eric, Eric Gray, we heard it all spring, all summer, all training camp. The bro. man prepares like a pro. He he's is a pro. A pro. Yep. Well, we've seen it. He's played consistent. You You know what you're getting from him. He's a great team player. And, I mean, he's just a guy that I think is a great RB1 to have on this team this year. I agree. And I mean, it's like he's been – like, nationally, he hasn't been talked about, but he's been one of the most underrated backs in all of the country. I completely agree. Um, And we talk about the running game. Is it, is it quite interesting to you that Robert uh, Conjol pretty much took McCade Matower's spot in that Kansas game? Yeah, I mean, I do you think that coming off a of bye week they could just give him the spot? I don't know. It could have been injury related, but I mean, I don't know. McCade Matower struggled at points this year, <laughs> so he's kind of a guy we'll just have to <coughs> wait and see on. But I mean, you know, it's like there's been stints where him and Conjol have really split a lot of time quite a bit yeah. this year. So I don't know how much how telling that is but I mean you know it's just like I think the offensive line is gonna have a pivotal role because this is a good Iowa State defensive line yeah led by maybe the best defensive lineman in the country and Will McDonald yeah and I mean it's gonna be featured because he's gonna be going up against Anton Harrison who me and you both think has the potential to be a first round draft I feel just fine about that if you ask me I mean Harrison pretty much took uh, mm-hmm. Zoma, whatever his name is. Yeah, the the K State. Yeah, he, he pretty much took him out of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but he if did. he's if he's on the other, if he's matched up with Wanye Morris, 
I don't feel as good about it. But mm-hmm. then again, Rain played a good game last week. You know, you got to hope he can keep that up. Mm-hmm. Um, not last. I week, mean, it's just like the concern you have with the offensive line is whenever they're going to give up. If they maybe struggle, it's going to be on the interior. Mm-hmm. Not going to be on the edges. So, you know, we'll just have to see. It's like Chris Murray. You know what you're going to get at him. He's been consistent all year. He's been solid all year. Yeah. He hasn't been elite. He has not been anything close to bad. He's been good. Yeah. And- I mean, McCade Matower and Conjol, when they both have played, they've done fine. They both have had their nice moments and they both have struggled at points. And I think Raheem is start- finally starting to play some consistent ball. Yep. I mean, I think versus Kansas and Texas, he played his two best games of the year, probably. Yeah. TCU was the game he struggled the most this year, I think. I mean, as things are starting to click for him, that's a good sign. And, you know, it's Ames. It's a weird place to play. It's like, it's really nothing out there. It's kind of cornfields around the stadium. You're just enclosed where it's quiet and a bunch of fans. So, I mean, you know, the the offensive line, we'll have to see how they are able to deal with the environment up front and how they can communicate. Yeah. and But, I mean, I think the biggest key for the offense is how the offensive line can, can really controls the game. Yeah, and one of the interesting things to me about offense is the first the first week we saw Levy throw to set the run. The next three weeks, we saw him run to set the pass, and they didn't score on the first drive. But then last week, they threw to set the run, scored on the first drive. So, I would think that Levy would come out throwing. Because, I mean, last week, mm-hmm. they came out, they hit the Brandon Willis over the middle. They had another one. Stoops, I think, had one on the first drive, and they were right down the field, and they scored. Mm-hmm. I would like to see yep. that because then that sets up your run game. I do think – it's another week of you need to score first. I mean, that helps you. You can score first. You're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's like I think another important key is can the offense start out fast? Because we've seen it. when they've Because if you get down versus team like 14-0 in the first quarter, it's going to be tough to come back. Yep. It just is. I mean – it's too good of a defense, I think, to go down fourteen to zero and just expect to throw it all over them and and I think that I mean, like Iowa State runs the same defense as Kansas State. Kansas State tried to stop us tried to stop us from taking the top top off of them and we kept on going at it. I think we're gonna not I think Jeff Levy's not not afraid to throw it deep. He's gonna take some shots against this defense once again. I mean, but it's just like I don't think Mims and Gabriel have connected on one deep ball all year. Well, the first game, but oh yeah, that's right. There, there was another one at some point, but that's one of the things they're gonna bring up. They've been so close so many times, right? Mm-hmm. And so think about just how much the narrative changes if maybe just three of those deep balls had connected. Like I think they are so close. To like this offense becoming a elite offense, mm-hmm. connecting some of those deep balls to Mims, some of those deep balls to Farouk, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they are much more different games. Yeah, and it's just like 
I know Sooner fans hate hearing the phrase so close, but I mean, it really is true about those. They're like a fingertip or t- they're like a yard in front of Mims every single time, it feels like. Well, there's times when it's like it's so close, but there's also times where Gabriel just overthrow it. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest, if you're going to not, if you're going to make a bad throw, just make, just make it underthrow. Just give him a chance, right? Don't yeah. airmail it. And then it's like, the thing is, it's just like, <coughs> I understand people get mad at Gabriel for overthrowing receivers, but I'd rather have them overthrow him than underthrow him right to the defensive back. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like last week versus Camp, or well, two weeks ago against Kansas was the first time we saw Gabriel turn over the ball. He fumbled twice. One of the top, one of the fumbles wasn't his fault. And then there was the pick. And I'm not, I'm not, I think the pick, there was miscommunication there. But I mean, it's like, even when it, even when I felt like Gabriel, Turn turn over the ball every single time after he turned it over, he responded so well. And which is what you want to see. We talked, you can talk, people can talk all they want about this offense not being good or, or this team not being good or whatever. Listen, every time Dylan Gabriel has played the full game, they have been in position to win. K State, 35 points is enough to win. So this offense has done their part, but like we were just talking about. They are just a couple plays away from it being mm-hmm. like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. I mean, it's just like there's like five five or six plays versus TCU, like two, three plays against K-State from being, I mean, what is it, six and one right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. But it's just like and the one, the one, one thing that I loved – what Brent Venables said on Tuesday. I don't know the direct direct quote, but it's something like, he's not focused on the past. He's focused on how this team finishes. And everyone is watching how this team is going to finish, not what happened through the first seven weeks of the year. Yeah, you and can't change it. No, you can't. You Like, you can't change the past. You, now, you can change what happens in the future based on how you play. And – and one of the things is, like, the guys that are going to be back next year, obviously, you kind of want to see those guys show improvement. Like, you want to see improvement from your whole team. Mm-hmm. If you get that and you may lose two more games, hey, as long as I see it where it's like these guys are getting better, maybe some of the younger guys are playing. Like, that's one thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Listen, if Bowman and Harmon don't play, I think – First of all, you have Key Lawrence and Bros, then you have Morrison and then Robert Stewart. Yes. I think if there's a scenario where they don't play, I don't I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to stay say that RSJ could like catapult himself into a large role on this team because mm-hmm. I I don't have the snap counts right in front of me just fine pulling them up. But off the top of my head, like, he played less snaps than I actually thought he did. I got it right here. Spears Jennings, and and I know you thought he played – he played eight total snaps. Wow. And in those eight total snaps, it felt like he was making an impact on a couple on all of, of them. Plays. So, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he gets more than eight snaps this week. Mm-hmm. 
And it wouldn't shock me if he gets 16 and all of a sudden you're looking at him like, oh, he may start over Broyles. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just like last, last season, it's like Iowa State was the game was the game where it brought Justin Broyles to life. He's been getting all this crap this year. I understand. He sucked this year. He's not played good. But I think some of the stuff, like last week against Kansas, that that play where it just hit his shoulder pad wasn't his fault where they caught the touchdown. And I still saw still saw people blaming it on, on Broyles like, oh, well, that's his fault the touchdown was given up. It really wasn't. Well, he's got to play the ball on that. Yeah, but the thing is, he's not good in the run game. He's too small. I think yeah, we, I mean, we, I... we can see that. But it's like, if it's like third and 18 – and if it's like an obvious passing down, I don't mind you throwing out there Justin Broyles because he's not bad in pass coverage. Situationally, like, I don't mind it. And he's a great no. leader. There's times when I don't mind seeing Broyles out there. But by no means do, do I, I want, want him out there to, on a fourth and two. By no means do I want to, again, see Justin Broyles out there 46 snaps. And Key mm-hmm. Lawrence got the most snaps out of all the safeties last time out, but I mean, I would like to see more of RSJ. I I would, once Bowman and Harmon get back, those two guys, and I don't know how good Harmon I don't, the, he recovered from that faster than I would have thought he could have. Yeah, I know. Back practicing. It's great to see. Great to see. Like, I mean, I've been huge Harmon guy, and I think and I'm sure when this season's over, I'm going to be the first one saying it. I think he could be your starting safety next year. How good is, do you think he'll be like when he first comes back? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if you need to force him back. I, I agree. Mean, you let him kind of ease back into it. But, I mean, what even was like the diet, like the actual injury? Do we know? I don't think. No, I don't know off the head. I know some kind of like back thing, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get him back even more depth at safety. But after last week, can you remember before last week we were saying he wants doesn't need to play, and you said he was going to be back, and he was back, and now it's like. Now I'm saying yeah, about just I don't think it happens with Broyles, but once you get Bowman back, it's like now we have Key and Bowman, and. Now Key's playing his best ball. Hopefully Bowman. I mean Bowman's gonna be solid. So I mean I think I think that helps your secondary. Mm-hmm. And then it's also like we heard Key Lawrence wasn't having consistent practice habits. He wasn't practicing up to his ability. He was maybe being lazy at practice at points. We heard that. And then it said after the season started, things are starting were starting to change with them in practice. He started to see the field a little bit more. We saw glimpses of what he can do against Nebraska in the second half. Mm-hmm. And then versus Kansas, we we saw the key that we saw in the second half of the season last year. I mean, so can that same key stay consistent? Because with him, it's all about consistency. Yeah. He has all the potential in the world to skyrocket. He's so athletic. He's a very big guy for safety. He's well, like 6'2". Yeah, six one. I mean, he's he's fast for his size. 
I mean, he has all the physical tools to be a great safety. He just needs to put it together and start playing up to his potential. Um, and I mean, I and I hope we see that this week again versus Iowa State. Yeah, and coming off of a bye week is usually time when you have guys who are starting to show flashes. They're starting to you look at them and you're like, okay, this guy might be really good for us, but he's young, hasn't have that much experience. Typically, the week that you implement them the most and start to increase their role is after the bye week. Mm-hmm. So, I, I listed five of the guys I think those breakout players can be, but I'm curious if you have anyone who you're like, well, he's been playing good. After the bye week, his role could potentially increase a good amount. Um, mm-hmm. okay. So, I, I think there's a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, first guy is Jaden Gibson, you know? Yeah. Because it's like we've heard. He still is practice, still dominating. He still looks great. I mean, he's dropped dropped a couple passes this year he shouldn't have dropped. But, I mean, I think there's a chance we see him him on the field more Saturday. Yeah. Um, Obviously – RSJ, I think, is an obvious guy on my list. I mean, the place he was in versus Kansas, mm-hmm. you felt his presence. Um, this may come as a, as a little bit of a surprise, but I think the sec- that passes by week, we're going to see why, why this guy was talked about so much in camp. I think it's Ethan Downs. I really do. I'm sensing something from Downs. I just am. You know, he hasn't – I mean, he hasn't played that good this year. And we can't use the excuse it's his first time starting this year because he's been starting for seven games now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's like I think we need to see an improvement from him. Jalen Redmond, like, I mean, I think it's a time before before we see him make a couple plays. Yeah, and for me, like, out of those guys where it's like, okay, he's been good. He might need a larger role. One of the ones I actually didn't list, but I really wanted to, and I don't know why I didn't, is Gavin Freeman. Look, mm-hmm. when he touches the ball, good things happen. Yeah. And I'm just saying, he hasn't touched the ball enough. I don't know where you give with someone getting the ball or, like, you know, whose targets it takes away from. You just got to keep finding ways of getting the ball because when they do, this team is better. Um, and, and there's all kinds of guys that we can talk about. R. Mason Thomas being someone that I really think could could get a large role. Maybe a guy like Grayson Halton, Jaron Canick, because at linebacker, they were pretty solid. Not great at all, but solid. Just – I don't know, and everyone talks crap on David Guebu. Listen, I do it myself. I've said mm-hmm. a lot of things. You know, we all have about him being slow and in the practices thing. Like they're they're tired. That can go into it. Every position is getting subs besides linebacker. Danny Stutzman and David Guebu and Deshaun White. Those guys are pretty much playing the whole game. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there has to be a point where you got to kind of sub someone in, right? Just to give guys breathers. I, you know, I think that would be pretty interesting. But uh, if you, you know, we've talked about our off or defensive keys and pretty much our offensive keys. But if you had to point out one key for this game, what would it be? The run game. I mean, this is prob- probably the best defensive line out of Oklahoma State we're going to face all year. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to be able to run the ball. Yeah. And, and mine would be just a fast start in all. Got to get a fast start offensively. We talked about it. Defensively, a fast start as well. And the coaches have talked about it all offseason. So, I think we could see that this team, you know – could, could win the game. Real quick, uh, do you have anything else to add to this before we get on to score predictions and play the game predictions? Uh, No, I think we covered it all. All right, score prediction for t- today's game. Me? Mm-hmm. Give me 30, 35. To 20 OU. I think it's a 15 point win. I think we see a refreshed, rejuvenated team. So I'm going to go 38 28. Okay. 38 28. That's where I'll go. Offensive player of the game? (coughs) Me? I think I'm I'm, I'm, going to go with Eric Gray. Yeah. It's a good pick. I. I gotta go Mims because yeah, all the reasons another good pick. All the reasons we just said. Defensive player of the game. Who do you got? Mm. Ooh, I'll let all I'll let you say yours first. All right. Is it shocking that I'm picking R. Mason Thomas? No. I'm I mean, for, for 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 me, I'm gonna go with Deshaun White. Yeah, a guy who played an amazing game versus Kansas. He's playing his best ball. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sean White. So, after that, I mean, we will get into recruiting in a second. Basketball, we will get into that. But let's go ahead and make our picks for this week. We just talked about the OU game. So, we're going to give five games now. Um, this week, there's some – really good games and there's really not too many of them but I want to start somewhere where it's not really like a huge game but I want to start with Ole Miss at Texas A&M and and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about A&M once we get into recruiting they're three and four this is a bit I mean this is a big game for Mm A&M who do you I mean I have Ole Miss by twenty I have, plus. I have Ole Miss. A and M sucks. That I I don't know about them, man. Um. So next one, there's not that many great games, but I mean, the, I, I need I, a, I need a filler game here because I got three good ones. So I'm gonna say. Hmm. Do you have okay, Georgia, here Florida here on here? Georgia, Florida, I don't have that because I just swapped it for Michigan State, Michigan. I mean, I'm going to take the Wolverines. Ah. Michigan. 
It's a rivalry game, so you never know. But I'll, I'll go Michigan with you. Here's a, a Big 12 conference game. Mm. OSU, K-State, at K-State. I got, I got K-State, man. I still think I still think K-State's the best team in the Big 12. I mean, even though I know they lost to TCU, they, they should have won that game. They gave it away. Yeah. I, I'll go on the same page. Do is Adrian Martinez playing in that game? Yeah, he's yeah. going to be back. Yeah. Give me K State, especially if it's at K State. All right, uh, here's a good one: Kentucky in Rocky Top with Tennessee mm-hmm. wearing the All Blacks. Mm. To 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 me, this seems like like a Mark a Mark Stoops kind of game. Yep, you know Mark Stoops has upset a couple teams in the past. Give me Kentucky. Oh, you went with the major upset. I'll go I Tennessee. Do. I'll go Tennessee. So you picked the upset. I like it. I like yeah. it. Here's one. <clears throat> number two, Ohio State at number 13, Penn State. Now, with me, I've said it from the start of the year. I believe Ohio State's the best team in the country. Okay. I don't think there's anyone in the country that can guard their wide receivers. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They have a top 20 defense. So, I, I'm going to take Ohio State. I'm taking Penn State. Wow. So, that's your upset? That That's my upset pick. I didn't pick anyone besides that one K-State. But, yes, that's my upset. Um, mm. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I feel like Penn State could win that game. But, <clears throat> recruiting. Three-star – Linebacker, you could say athlete, I guess. Yeah. Caleb Spencer has decommitted. Yep, flipped to Miami. Flipped to Miami. So. I mean, I guess, I mean, I'll talk about this a little bit. I have not got to read what has been put out about this. I've just seen the Instagram post. So, I mean, I think. Me and you both said this a while ago. We both thought Kale Spencer was the most un- underrated player in this class. Yeah, I still think he's deserving of a, of his four star. He's I've seen some of his film. He's a great player. I mean, but he's just a guy. I mean, Miami's closer to home, I guess. I mean, he prob- probably saw those nil deals that Miami was handing out. But I mean, I don't. I mean, I okay, I understand if maybe he wanted to go play with Cormani McLean, who just committed to Miami. Well, I mean, but this kind of came out of nowhere. So it's kind of well, weird. There, he took a visit there. But yeah. Th- this, this is. <clears throat> it could all be a factor where. I mean, they there's some guys that they could be committing to this class, right? And they don't have that much more scholarships they can just hand out. So, is, I mean, there's a possibility some of this, some of this was OU kind mm. of letting one go. I don't – And then also know. to get a little hit on the future of recruiting, they've been targeting the that safety from Louisville in the transfer portals we've heard early. They have? Yep. They've been in we'll heavy see. contact with them. I – so I wouldn't predict that. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. And then, 
Obviously, I know everyone's going to ask about David Hicks. I've heard OU has been in contact with them again. We'll just have to wait and see when a visit happens. I'm on the same. I'm on the same line as Parker Thune and Brandon Drum both. When I see a visit happen to Norman, I'll start considering paying attention to the David Hicks sweepstakes again. But until then, I'm not going to pay attention. Well, and and committing this Monday is Caden McDonald. That's a big one. You got to get him. In my mm-hmm. opinion, the top priority in this whole class to get is Cecilia Connor. And it, mm. I think he would probably start next year. Um, I do. I think he – Where? Cheetah? <clears throat> Who mm. else is it going to be? Maybe Jaden Rowe. Kanak? Who are you going to put at linebacker then? Stutzman will be back. And? Uh, I bet David Aguigbu comes back. I don't care if Aguigbu comes back. I'm taking Kanak and Akana. But um, I do think he could legit start. There's Peyton Bowen. He'd be great. But mm-hmm. you can get – you got to start. It all starts right. It's, we talked about it all night tonight. You got to get pressure. See, you got to get Caden McDonald. Mm-hmm. Um, And to hit on the A&M stuff. Yep. I mean – I guess we we both saw the reports. There was a player smoking weed in the locker room. Yeah, that's this is this is where kind of everything started. There, they've had a couple freshmen get suspended, quite a bit of players. So I mean, yeah, I mean, really, it's just like paying guys to come to your school in nil money. Does not build a winning culture. It doesn't. It, it they got to start to realize that now. But I, I do think the whole situation, and I will root for Texas A and M to keep losing. But I do think the whole situation at A and M is just gonna make this whole off season more fun. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have all kinds of five stars, four stars, A and M in the portal. Like it, it's gonna be a gold mine. So. Yeah, I would love to see A and M not win another game besides their one bummy team they have on the schedule. I mean, that would literally mm-hmm. that make me so happy. But again, like you, there's some defensive line talent at A and M. I don't even uh, I don't Gabriel Brownlow. Yeah, Denver. I'm not. Yeah, there's more guys too, and mm-hmm. that's something that me myself, I've just thought about it, and I've been thinking like, ooh, Hicks and Dendy. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. Be great. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, yeah. So I mean, we we have the man that can do it, in Todd Bates. We do. He, he you know. And I, me, me personally, I never thought Brownlow Dendy should have decommitted, but I understand why he did. Yeah, and you know, there's always time. You know, yeah. I, I we won't hit too much on it, but I'm sure if he does hit the transfer portal this year. I'm sure we'll be all over that. <clears throat> Bates right. is going to be – I bet Bates mm-hmm. is sitting in his office right now with A&M losing. He's probably loving it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, well, for recruiting, really, I mean, it's kind of – I mean, I would say OU almost has their class done. You just have Akana, Peyton Bowen, Caden McDonald. Le- really left on the board. I mean, obviously, D- 
David Hicks. If we get There's him more, back, like bat- Will Barnes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, we'll <clears throat> we'll see. But I mean, the transfer portal. There's gonna be all kinds of guys. So, the, mm-hmm. we'll see what they take. And then, hey, I mean, there's a chance by December, January, there's some 2024 guys committed. I mean, there's Peyton Pierce, <clears throat> Michael Hawkins, David Stone. I mean. I think th- those are going to be the first three guys in your class. That wouldn't shock me. And uh, then, for all you Sooner fans around here that are going to hear this, and even you, Brody, a real guy I want you to p- pay really close attention to is Caden Durham. That's his name, out of Duncanville. Yeah. He's very interested in OU. He's very close with DeMarco Murray. He's one of the best running backs in the country. So he's another guy, Sooner Nation, needs to keep an eye out for because he could pop a surprise commitment. Yeah, and let's go ahead and before we wrap this thing up, let's talk about basketball because the exhibition <clears throat> was Tuesday night. I've Since Tuesday night, I will say, I'll admit it, I've watched the game four times in whole. Um, <laughs> it's weird. I've done it. I could probably name pretty much most of the plays from that game. But they do play a scrimmage tomorrow. Jackson, I'm not sure if you know the team, but it's supposed to be kept under wraps. Yes, I believe I've heard it. Yeah. So. So it's, you know, in Las Vegas and all this. So scrimmage tomorrow, you know, we'll see. Ten days Right now, nine days when you're listening to this till the mm-hmm. opener, and I'll have more stuff on it. But I gotta say, I was so impressed with that game because they shot bad from the three. They did. It's not always gonna be like that. Mm-hmm. So if those shots are falling, you're looking at like a 60 point win. And mm-hmm. the team dynamic this year is probably the best. It's been depth wise since Buddy Hill's year. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it's early to say it. It's and early then to say it. Also, I've said this. I believe it's the most talented team we've had since we've had Trey Young. So that's yeah, you can say that. But when you look at it, the the build up of the team compared to last year, like I'll I'll start, I'll go quick on it, but first of all, Grant Sherfield is a real point guard, did not have a real point guard last year, and he's the type of guy where you need someone to go get you a bucket? Here he is. I mean, because who was that guy last year? I mean, Emoji Gibson at points, but. Yeah. And then, <coughs> CJ Nolan. I really like the way he's he's looked. And it's just an exhibition, mm. but this, the plays he makes are going to carry over. Like, he's a great two guard because he just, he plays the game well. He's a good off-ball guard. Jacob Groves. If he can start hitting shots, I see the vision. He looks mm-hmm. bigger. He does. And Jalen Hill is going to be Jalen Hill. Great player. Tanner Groves looks bigger. And yeah. the biggest thing with Tanner Groves is he was blocking shots. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> different. Bench, depth. Like Joe Bamisil off the bench as your sixth man. Energy and length, you saw it. He was blocking shots on the three-point line. 
Your mm-hmm. next guy off the bench, probably Milos Uzon, and he looked great. Mm-hmm. Do you do you want to know what the guy I was most impressed with? Most impressed with outside of Uzon, Sam Godwin. Sam Godwin, that's yeah. the next guy. Yeah, he, I mean, Yaya Akita. It, do you think he'll play this year? It, he'll play. He will. It's it's going to be him or Godwin at that backup role. But I think we'll see both of them. But you yeah. said it, Godwin. He just like he made some plays. I was not expecting it at all. Mm-mm. And Yaya Kita, I guarantee you he'll play a little bit. Some of the reason why he didn't play too much in that exhibition was it because of health? Yeah, he wasn't really. He wasn't. He didn't play in all the foreign tours. He didn't play in the foreign. Tours. Um. So him, but then Otago Way just looks like he does not look like a freshman. Mm-hmm. And B. John Cortez didn't even play. I mean, you got mm-hmm. Benny Schroeder if he's gonna play. Luke Nordweather didn't even play. So I mean, g- pretty good team. But when I look at this team, I'm like, this is a more of a Porter Moser team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the. The length, I mean, because you have Bamasil, Uzon, and and away, yeah, who are all all guys with really good length. I mean, and it's not like C C J Nolan doesn't have bad length. Jacob Groves has great length. I mean, Jalen Hill is great length. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, I agree. This is more of a Porter Moser team. I mean, we'll have to see what this team's ceiling is going into the season, but yeah, I I think we have a chance to surprise some people this year. I completely agree, and I'm gonna just say this. I mean, because to put it in perspective, if last year's team was able to do halfway decent in the Big Twelve, I'm not worried about this year's team. Yeah, Porter Moses squeezed all he could out of last year's team. Yeah, but that I'm gonna say this. If OU finds a way to go into Villanova and win or beat Arkansas and Tulsa, that is going to be crazy. And, that, and that's when you start to see more people paying attention because I guarantee you both those are the top ten teams. So they're going to get two top ten teams in non-conference. So, I mean, we'll tell in a little bit just like kind of where they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year this team beat Arkansas and Tulsa. And, and but I don't know how. This – this year's Arkansas team is next oh level. They're unreal. Dude, Nick Smith, don't even get me started on him. I think he has a chance to be top five point guard in the country. I agree. And and the kid's special. Anthony Black, mm-hmm. seven point guard. I mean, like, they're mm-hmm. loaded. And that's going to be a fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think we covered it all. I mean, yeah, I'm excited. Sooner football's back tomorrow. It's, yeah, I, I honestly, the the bye week went by. It's a, it felt like forever. It did feel lie. like forever. It felt it, like it, it was a while. forever. I mean, I, I was kind of getting flashbacks like in the off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, also it, over the over these last two weeks, it really has been re- really quiet, quiet, quieter than I thought. Like we haven't heard much. At so, all about the team, so yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we covered it. We we got this all. Me and you tomorrow night we'll have our post game pod. 
Don't worry. Um, we'll have everyone back on here tomorrow night. But, Jackson, we did a great job tonight on this. Yeah. So, you got anything else to add? Nope. That pretty much wraps it up. Boomer. Peace.